Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest in a series of special podcast minisodes brought to you by Squiggly Online Animation Magazine and the Linoleum Contemporary Animation and Media Art Festival from Ukraine. Linoleum Program Director Anastasia Velinska and Squiggly Marketing Director Aaron Wood have teamed up to put together the screening program I'm Fine, a selection of the most relevant artistic expressions about emotional burnout and creative crisis. I'm Ben Mitchell, Editor-in-Chief of Squiggly, and I've been honoured to get to speak with some of the filmmaking talent involved in I'm Fine, whose insights into the relationship between mental health and working in animation will be presenting through this podcast series. In this session, we meet Catherine Lepage, director of the National Film Board of Canada short The Great Malaise, in which a young woman describes herself and her life in glowing terms, while the visual narrative tells a different story. Also joining us is Johnny Kelly, whose Royal College of Art graduation film Procrastination is an investigative and exploratory hands-on, gloves-off study into the practice of putting things off. And Julia Scala, co-director alongside Oscar Jacobson of the Film Academy Baden-Württemberg film Summer Regan that depicts a young woman struggling with her growingly overwhelming feelings after an exhausting rainy day. I'm Catherine Lepage. I'm an illustrator based in Montreal, Canada. And uh, I made a short film um, called The Great Malaise which is an animated story about perfection and then trying to um, achieve uh, high goals and how this could take you down instead of where you want to go. And uh, um, this film is based on books that I wrote and illustrated a few years ago, uh, starting from my own experience with depression. And um, I worked in uh, advertising for... Uh, many years and uh, all that stress and that you know it's it's something that i enjoy too but it is somehow it's hard to find the balance between uh having fun fun working and then it's just too much and so that that's the whole the, the background behind the the story where it it uh, started and how i i decided to dive into that that subject i'm johnny kelly I'm uh, an animator and director from Dublin. And <clears throat> the film I made is called Procrastination. I made it uh, quite a long time ago, uh, 2007. It was my graduation film from uh, the Royal College of Art in London. And the way the film came about, I'd, I had been a graphic designer up until my master's in animation. And I had been doing sort of annual reports um, and a little bit like Catherine, you know, the, the, the drudgery of commercial work was sort of getting me down. So the course itself was a big release to not suddenly, you know, to spend two years learning about animation. I think you, <clears throat> some people might say that uh, I, I didn't learn a huge amount of animation. I, I would say that looking at the film, but I think conceptually it still rings true to me you know, 15 years later. Um, and the way it came about was we could make a film about anything. And it felt like quite a scary prospect at the Royal College of Art because, you know, all these incredible artists had gone through those doors. And so I was, I sort of started out by making a, a, a quite a dark film, which is quite characteristic of 
Royal College of Art films, uh, you know, kind of pencil drawn, quite, um, uh, you know, I, I was basically struggling with something that wasn't me. And my na- my, my, my housemate suggested uh, one of the, she gave me a book on procrastination. And the first thing it says in chapter one is write down all the ways you procrastinate. So I, I wrote a list and suddenly never thinking it would be a film. Uh, it, it just went, you know, on pages. It was just this sort of thing to pour it out really easily after having spent sort of four months struggling writing. And so I thought there might be something in it. Initially, it was going to be lots of little separate films. And then after a while, I just thought I'll, it, it kind of grew into one thing. And it went from being something that was quite sort of, you know, a list film and quite sort of mundane um, to something that sort of went a little bit deeper for me and also kind of really surprisingly for for people that watched it. So um, I, I never anticipated it would go anywhere, but it, it sort of, it went to like sort of 200 film festivals and it was on BBC and sort of kicked off my career in animation uh, unexpectedly. So it was for a film that was sort of inspired by paralysis. It was remarkably productive. <laughs> my name is Julia Scala and I made the film Azamarin together with my friend and co-director Oskar Jakobson. And we did it as a semester project, uh, which meant that it was like a very intense sort of thing um, to make. Yeah. Um, and so when we started out, when we got together, it was basically that I wanted to make a film about um, the topic of crime, of like this catharsis of emotions. And my friend, he wanted to make a film about, Oscar wanted to make a film about rain and like the positive sides to it, that it's often portrayed as something very melodramatic and dark and yeah, negative. Whereas if you kind of, um, open yourself up to it then it can be really nice and enjoyable and then we yeah, had this big brain moment where we were like this is actually one thing is a perfect metaphor for the other um and the ways that we want to see or portray it so um that kind of fell into place and um was like a very good basis for um collaboration yeah do you find that animation as a process has any kind of therapeutic value in and of itself or possibly filmmaking or writing or other creative outlets you might have? It's funny because my, the first book I wrote was back in 2007 for me, <laughs> the one about depression. And back then it was not therapeutic because for me, uh, when I was in depression, I was not able to draw because it was related to work for me, and I was not even interested in holding a pen. And uh, I came with the idea after when I started feeling better. And then I wanted to make something positive out of this bad experience. And I needed to talk about it, but it was not um, therapeutic. It was just to um, like try to have fun again, drawing and creating. But then uh, the other books that I made uh, was more, uh, and the, the process was different because the, the first book um, 
did have a, a good um uh well people reacted well about it the people enjoyed it so i i became aware that people would relate to my really intimate uh story so i um i started digging deeper <laughs> and somehow it was a little more uh therapeutic to um analyze myself and try to see the paths that leads to um the those um dark sides and that, that's what i decided to explore and um yeah i think that's pretty much it excellent i think now my answer might differ from what my answer was back then but back then it was the opposite i feel like but this was because um obviously working on a project which where you don't have a lot of time and you're doing many things like at least in my case i was doing a lot of it for the first time um my co-director and other people on the project were more experienced um than i was and it was just yeah it was very tough to like learn a lot under like and make it work um in very short times so, so for me it was more like very <laughs> a very harsh start with animating and I was like well this is so much at once that you have to take care of and like how can you ever um yeah master that and um so I don't know so for me first it was a lot of overwhelm in animation but um now that I've spent a semester at Gobelin where we did everything on paper and like at this point I had kind of gotten enough of the fundamentals down that I feel like now i can kind of see um where you're getting at when you say it's um can be therapeutic if you have like enough time to let it thrive and go and if you're not under too much pressure because then it can just i don't know be too much to take if you have like shots with them yeah especially the crying shots and everything it was like a lot for yeah to take on yeah it's a bit up and down for me i think as far as the therapeutic aspect i it's always sort of darkest before the dawn sort of way. And, you know, anytime I sit down to write something and I'll usually sit down with a sketchbook away from the computer to sort of slow my brain down. Uh, there's usually a stage where I feel like I've completely forgotten how to write and I've no idea what I'm doing. And then if I just keep going at it enough, then I'll, I'll have a breakthrough and then suddenly I'll be, elated and uh you know think this is the best thing ever but it's sort of i oscillate wildly between the two i think the process of animation is is lovely when you get into you know full flow mode whether it's drawing or stop motion and you it's almost sort of meditative when you when when you when you do it when you get into that state and that's really lovely because it's almost my favorite thing about animation is that is the next day when you sort of press play on you know what you've done and it's like coming down to presence on on christmas morning a little bit it's this sort of sheer joy of oh yeah i did that yesterday or we did that yesterday or sometimes they did that yesterday if you direct <laughs> yeah it's fun uh, the big sort of shared thing that everyone's kind of gone through, of course, being the pandemic and the lockdown and all of that. And did you find that that situation, or if not that, perhaps other times of crisis you might have experienced, present any particular personal challenges as far as mood, mental health, 
uh, staying motivated and were you able to overcome them? And if so, what helped you do that? For me, it was a strange situation because at the, the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was finishing a graphic novel and uh, I was, uh, everything was already written and all I had to do was like drawing the, the final pages. Everything was alre already sketched and it was a really nice place to be. So every afternoon I would go to the studio and, and draw and I was in that little bubble where the pandemic did not exist. And uh, on the other side, I have small children. So um, when I would come back home, um, children they, they they keep you in the, the present moment you know you cannot think too much ahead or uh, you're busy with uh, daily course and stuff like this and somehow it it kept me uh, it avoided me to overthink about the future or uh, uh, so I was kept in a little bubble of like daily routine that would go on. So somehow um, the, the first part of the pandemic was not was a problem for me. And then I just um, decided to search for other ideas to, to move along with other projects so I can continue to uh, work in my studio and in that safe zone where I can just be um, creating um, yeah, that's that's my own story, but it's really related to the context. Sure. So, how about you, Julia? In fact, we finished like sharp before everything um, started with COVID. Like we finished the whole process before. Like we had, we only had like a few steps that were, but yeah, we were lucky that way. So I can't really say how how it would have changed the process in our case. Yeah, I think for myself, I was I, the, the weird thing with commercials, which is my main sort of bread and butter, was that when the pandemic pandemic struck, all these live action ads couldn't happen. So I was kept busy doing animation um, for advertising, and because the state of the world, I think people weren't taking huge risks. They weren't necessarily maybe uh, the most adventurous. Uh, projects some of them were really nice but it was it kind of allowed me to separate work and my own practice uh, in, in a nice way that I haven't really done before um, and actually you know I, I've started sort of writing more than I've ever written it's been the most productive the last year has been the most productive year of my life in terms of generating ideas and I think that's connected to what's going on because it just sort of uh, maybe, you know, I think people are asking a lot of big questions and it's a sort of uh, existential dread that we're all going through uh, at various scales, hopefully less and less. Um, but it's made me, for sure, ask sort of deeper questions of the kind of work that I'm writing. So the result is that I have, you know, a, a feature doc and a feature uh, narrative feature and a short and a TV series all sort of um, kind of full pace at the moment. No, none of them have, well, one of them has go ahead for development. Um, 
and I don't know if any of them will ever see the light of day, but it's even just flexing that muscle of writing my own stuff has been really good at kind of learning my own practice. And that's for sure come out of the pause that we've had to go under. I've been doing a bit of teaching recently and have noticed a real kind of surge in students experiencing burnout and not really having a frame of reference for it, not really knowing sort of how to cope. And I was curious if any of you had experienced burnout or something similar at some point in your creative career. And again, if there was any sort of self-maintenance you sort of underwent to move through it and carry on and get onto the other side of it. Um, any advice maybe there for, for people listening? Yeah, I, I think I've definitely gone through that. And I think in a way I've seen it a lot working in animated commercials. It's so easy to, to burn out because mm. um, you can just sort of kill yourself for six months on something and then they might not even release it, you know. And uh, so it's kind of soul destroying sometimes. But I think the way I've always sort of tried to stay sane is to keep learning. And I think if I learn something on a job or if I learn something each day, I feel like I'm moving forward. Um, there's some, I'm accruing information. I'm building my tool set and ideas always come out of learning. So even if it's a, you know, just a little animation tutorial or, um, you know, reading something that's challenging slightly um, or, or spending some time going to an art gallery, something, putting something new in my head is, is all, has, has been useful and has allowed me to sort of grow over the years. I really love Jenny's answer. Yeah, learning. <laughs> Somehow I, I didn't realize it, but it works for me too. Um, when I'm blocked on a project, um, I also switch tools and uh, try different color schemes or um, take myself uh, in a new zone. And somehow it's also learning, you know, uh, or experience, uh, experiment with new, new stuff. And um, also like really basic down to the ground. I do a lot of exercise. Well, not too much, but at least two or three times a week, I go for a run and uh, I have a really strict routine. I go to sleep not too late. I don't work at night because it overstimulates me. And if I don't have uh, a good pattern sleep, uh, a, good, uh, pat uh, a good sleep, um, I know that I, then my mood goes down. So it's pretty basic, but it helps. And also, um, one other thing is um, the notion of pleasure. Uh, I don't take assignments now that I think I will not have fun working on it. Um, even if uh, it pays a lot, uh, that's something that I learn. If I don't have fun working, uh, it drags me down. And that's really uh, something that I always keep in mind. Will that be fun? <laughs> and if the answer is no, I, I just say no. Yeah, I think that's that's very kind of crucial, especially for people starting out, where there is this impulse to just take anything that's available. And um, yeah, I've I've seen some people really kind of spiral 
when they when they do that when they have no sort of discrimination against stuff that will actually has a lot of red flags. Yeah, and I did it myself. I think we all kind of did early on. At, yeah, uh, definitely. I think like uh, speaking to friends who I do little bits of teaching, but I know friends who teach and they talk about how paralysis is a huge problem even before COVID mm-hmm. that people just feel like I, I certainly compared to when I was a student, people are swamped by stuff. You know, there was no Instagram when I was a student. So there's this kind of feeling like everything's been done. And I think uh, bringing circling back to my film, <laughs> uh, you know, if I had Googled procrastination animation, when I was thinking about making it, I would have seen that probably there was a hundred films already about it, even those 2007 mm. <laughs> YouTube was barely alive. You know, there was stuff and, and, and that would have stopped me in my tracks. And I think it's important when you're a student to not to kind of overcome that feeling of paralysis, you know, by just doing it and not, questioning whether it's been done. And even if it has been done, you'll bring something new to it with your own voice, no matter how, how much you think you might be treading on old ground. Uh, trust that if you're true to yourself, you'll bring something fresh to it. I also feel, and this kind of it touches on a lot of things that you've said before, and um, the thing with being feeling paralyzed, I feel it also comes from many... <coughs> people already in like while they're students very much like over identifying with their work where you feel like they draw all their self-worth from what they're making and like from their peers having to like it and everyone having to like also on social media etc so i feel like um if you put all your self-worth on that one pillar then obviously if that kind of crumbles or wobbles, then you'll be in a very bad place really quickly. So I feel for me, it's been important kind of um, spreading it out to a couple of pillars, like also just health, exercising, all those things that they, that because I think, I feel like I used to think of that as a nice extra, but just always keeping aware that these other things they're like they're not nice nice to have but they're like part of the solid uh yeah of yeah you just need that it's not yeah you have to make time for those things but also i feel like um it's been important to not see my own creativity as an opponent but rather a partner which means that yeah it should at least once in a every once in a while or if not every day um, feel like play and not just yeah work and whenever I feel like for a long time it's been more just working and um, yeah and the, the the soul of it kind of goes away or the fun in it and the, the pleasure then that's probably a bad sign and um, so yeah and then I will also try to maybe pick up a new tool that will bring the fun in again I like yeah Cheap mar- I got cheap markers the other day just because they will maybe create something new. I don't know, just to, yeah, keep Thank trying you. stuff. Thank you to all the filmmakers for their time and insight. And to see more of their work, you can find Catherine at catherinelepage.com. That's Catherine with a C. Johnny is at johnnykell.ly. And Julia is at juliascala.com.
The first screening of the I'm Fine programme will take place on the 27th of August at the UK's Chichester International Film Festival. A subsequent screening will take place in early October at the UK's Bolton Film Festival. And the screening will be available on the MeGoGo.net media service during the Linoleum Festival, which will be held online from the 7th to the 11th of September. Lectures and workshops will also take place during this same period, so be sure to check out linoleumfest.com and squiggly.com for more info as it comes. You can also find us on Instagram at linoleumfestival and at squigglyanimation, respectively. The I'm Fine project is supported by the British Council under the UK-Ukraine Season of Culture. And I've been Ben Mitchell. Until next time, happy and healthy animating.